are listening to 11 o'clock comics episode five President Roosevelt once said, We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. The phrase well fits the situation about fallout, the reason home shelters are needed. You don't have to be an expert to understand radioactivity. Our whole world is radioactive. The air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat, all contain small quantities of radioactivity. Probably have been exposed to radiation from X-ray machines. You may have a watch or a clock to the food is done. It too that was almost a subliminal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Eleven O'clock Comics. I'm Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman, and I hate Marvel comics, and I don't care what Pat Boykin thinks about it. Oh no! <laughs> no, he'll crush you like a, a bug. He won't <laughs> make Pat sad. No, it's all lie, Pat. I'm David Price, and I got your back, Pat, and. I'm so tired of the boo-hoo, Marvel is so evil bullshit. No. Not so evil, it's terrible. Yeah, okay, yeah. Thank God for audacity and the ability to edit things. <laughs> nice, and I am James Woods. Yes, James Woods. I loved you in Videodrome. You were awesome in that. I love your high school and the family guy. You got to pop Debbie Harry. How many people can say that? A good-looking Debbie true. Harry before she got all big and stuff. Like Although my show wasn't my show wasn't picked up for the fall though, so I'm kind of sad tonight. Oh, well, and I'm kind of sad because today I think it's the first Wednesday we've recorded where it wasn't a, a comic book day. Thanks to the Memorial Day holiday, comic books have been dumped to Thursday this week. I just feel I feel hollow today. Not not so much, thankfully, because I got an Amazon box today. But otherwise, it's weird when Wednesdays come around and there's no comics. It's, yeah, it's unnatural. Uh, it is. It's unnatural. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I guess I'm so trained to get uh, the majority of my stuff through the mail that, that I don't think of Wednesdays that way anymore. Well, I get my stuff through the mail, too, from, from the, the wonderful DCBS, but I like to keep the mainstream stuff to the local guy because I get basically the same discount that I get from DCBS, so why not spread it around? And uh, there are certain you didn't things... Read- I thought you didn't read mainstream anymore. No, that's a that's something that you've cobbled together on your own. I never said that. The uh the, there are certain time sensitive books that I will not wait to get from DCBS and one of them comes out tomorrow. What's the name of that? Final Crisis. I can't wait. Mm. Yes. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a creature of habit and my Wednesday after work is such a routine and it's part of the week that that I look forward to. It's like 11 yeah. o'clock comics. I, I look forward to Wednesday night at 10 o'clock Chicago time and like Friday recording. It's, it's Wednesday going to the shop. Is, it's, it's still part of my weekly routine. It's something that I do, and, and I, I look forward to it every week. And it just so, seems like you're lost when it doesn't come around. It's, just, it's, it's mm-hmm. a little, little tiny the little child inside you is just looking for his books and they're not Yeah, there. My, my wife was kind of freaked out tonight. I got home and she's like, wait, what are you doing home so early? I was like, Memorial Day. She's like, huh? I was like, books don't come out until tomorrow. She's like, oh, okay. So I mean, she knows I, I don't get home until a little bit later on Wednesday. Yeah. 
<laughs> Chris, when do you guys record around comics? Um, every other Friday at, uh, I usually start recording about 7.30. Oh, so Friday. it's going to be every two weeks now? It is every two, it's, it's the, it's the little, um, it's the little radio trickery that we're doing. We actually record two episodes every other Friday and cut it in half and release one episode each week. Gotcha. That's cool. kind of cut down on the burnout factor. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's twice, very twice. smart. Yep, twice a month, and and now now my lovely wife knows I'm only doing it twice a month, so now we got date night every other Friday. Oh, oh very nice! Isn't that very nice? nice. Mm-hmm. See, we can never burn out here at eleven o'clock comics because we only do it for an hour. Yeah, and exactly. and it's we'd probably be talking anyway. <laughs> so you guys had Steve Bryan on. That was great. Oh yeah, Steve's a great guy, and uh, Steve's a, a downstater, a midstater actually. So, um, should be having him uh, live in studio, um, so to speak, uh, later on this summer. I hope. A very nice. humble, a very humble Steve Bryant. It's oh, it, he's great. It's always refreshing when somebody with that caliber of talent is easily approachable, like Steve. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's yeah. great. Another great guy um, who's going to be up this uh, this week. Uh, another local guy who's kind of you know breaking into the biz a little bit. Len Cody, uh, who's a writer from one of the south suburbs, is doing a, a book called uh, uh, Wyatt Earp and uh, uh, the Cisco Kid uh, at Moonstone. <laughs> and uh, I think Chuck Dixon actually wrote the other the other side of the story. It's uh, um, uh, one is from Wyatt Earp's perspective, one is from uh, the Cisco Kid's perspective. So one's going to be up this week. So there's a little preview for Round Comics. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. David, you have something you'd like to announce concerning your forum, yes? Well, I guess I do now. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there's, it's it's been uh, it's been disc- Actually, it was it's funny. It was it was discussed privately amongst ourselves and a few days later there was an email from Derek Howard Noisemaker Supreme sent out to the family members of the comic book noise family of, of podcast and how he um, he's going to be doing some reorganizing shuffling some things around and instead of since the family underneath the underneath Derek's form on the comicforums.com was going to be moved from Derek's subforum and out into the uh, to the main page instead of going there and and uh, trying to keep everything trying to make sense of everything and and trying to keep things tidy and run back and forth between Marvel Noise Forum and 11 o'clock Comics Forum a question has been raised and a poll has been entered on to both forums as to if it's a good idea, if people would support a move of the Marvel Noise Forum to the 11 o'clock comics, bullpenboltonspodcast.com slash forum page. So it looks like uh, there have been one or two no's on both sites, and no one's really saying why. They don't think, I think it's just those type of people that are like, well, you know, I'm just going to be different and click no. So I, no one's actually said, given me a reason as to why it should stay where it is. So chances are we're, uh, Marvel Noise, the forum, will have a new home in our old home. Cool. And our forum is currently jumping. We've had an influx again of, of uh, forum members. Come and join our discussion. David gave you the earl. I'll give it to you again. BullpenBulletinsPodcast.com. 
we have discussions on why I'm not reading Marvel like it, as if anyone cares. <laughs> thoughts thoughts on the Miller Hitch Neary Fantastic Four? Do high sales equals quality? Recommendations? Budgeting your summer? Ambush bug? Woohoo! So just stop on over, join, and uh, pitch in on the discussion. We're having a hell of a lot of fun, and we would love mm-hmm. to have fun with you. So, and let's not forget booty and boobies. Yes, that's always a plus. <laughs> so, so I was thinking, guys. You know how the JLA always had their their roll call at, at the beginning. And, you know, we should have like a drink call. I want to know what everyone is uh, is sampling tonight uh, at home. Cool. Well, I started the roll call. I think it was on the first episode, but it just mm-hmm. seemed kind of wrong. Eleven o'clock roll call. That's I was trying to pattern after the JLA roll call, but the eleven o'clock drink call. That's even better. See, I drink call. It, it takes a maestro to put the spin on it. Uh, I am drinking Diet Pepsi Max. I'm dry this week. So you're you're the designated recorder. Today. Yes, ginseng okay. and caffeine are my friends. Mm-hmm. Mr. Price, what you what, what you sipping on over there? I have uh, cranberry and. Vodka, although mostly vodka, with uh, some lime seltzer to uh, give it a little bit of a balance. <laughs> Ooh, <Nice>. sorry. <laughs> the Pepsi Max is biting back. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mr. Wood? Frosty cold Pilsner or Quill right now. Oh, Ooh, that sounds oh, really good. I, I've, nice. got a, I've got a, uh, a tasty uh, king of beer. Um Budweiser, and I'm uh, chasing it with a uh, with a wonderful uh, 107 proof uh, Baker's Bourbon. So, wow. Hey now, nice. Wait, Budweiser, Ooh. you just might as well drink urine if you're going to drink that. <laughs> I know. Oh. This is, this is the uh, famous Budweiser beer. You know, we need to have like a drink of the week. I'll start coming up with that. Oh, cool. That'd be a good nice. idea. I'll do that. I'll Next, do the 11, the 11 o'clock cocktail. Next week, I'll set myself up with a hurricane. Drink the whole thing. <laughs> during the, no during the the uh, the entire show and by the last five minutes I'll be more stupid than I've ever been before. I don't know about that. No, well, or, yeah, I know. Malt liquor does nasty freaking things to me. <laughs> Makes me just dee. I don't even know who I am by the. And it's only forty ounces. It's like a little man's drink. But I'll remember that for the trip to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we been reading? Let's let's mix it up here. Uh. Well, let's see. Before before I tell you what I'm reading, I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. Who who is the artist on our banner this week? I cannot um, tell you until Sunday. Sorry. What? Yes. And now it is Wednesday, and I believe we were promised a hint on Wednesdays if no one has guessed it. All right, I will give you a hint. Everyone listening to this, there uh, the initials of the artist are J.K. Okay. And for those of you that don't know, if you go to the 11 o'clock comics forum, Vince puts a, a new banner up each week, and it is um, a guess the artist um, banner. It's a so mystery. Mm hmm. And it was uh, Arthur Swidham last yes. week? Yes. Charlie and Flytrap was the very first one. Mm-hmm. And it was guessed by Mr. D. Goodhart. Awesome. Yes, he he nailed yeah, it. it. It's a, the one that's up this week is beautiful. Oh, I love I, it. I, it is mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Wait until you see the entire image. That's what, another thing I'm going to do at the end of the mm-hmm. week. I'm going to post because our banner is only a thousand by say three hundred. Mm-hmm. It, it's not right. that big, and uh, the entire image is much larger than that, and it is gorgeous. Nice. But yeah. Speaking of of banners, though, there are others that rotate on the. Uh, 
on the main openboltonspodcast.com page. So every time you refresh or go to a different blog entry, which will hopefully slowly start to populate, uh, you will see a uh, a different image that, that Vince pieced together. Yeah. I, I love some of those. those we get, got a Frank Quitely Batman and Robin. That is fantastic. Yeah, That's I love that favorite. image. Yeah, your boy Stephen Cedric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, Eric and, Powell from and, the... Uh, um, the Marvel Monsters with the Hulk and the Devil Dinosaur. That's really sharp, uh, too. Uh, Doug Mason is uh, Frankenstein. Yep. Yep. But don't, let's not give it all away. No. So, <laughs> come on. Let's talk comics. I'm, I'm jonesing. Yeah. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, mostly because I perpetuate it, I actually am reading a lot of Marvel. I was just doing that to, to get um, um, Pat's goats. And um, just a little preview because it's not uh, not new comic night. I was looking at what's coming out this week, and I'm picking up Daredevil. There's a giant size. Oh, there's a shot. Oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's the uh, it's the. Um, the reunion. It, it was well, the reunion of the Gotham Central team. It's Mike Lark, yeah, right. Brew Baker, and Rucka. So and then yeah, the art is gorgeous. I think Lark's uh, Lark's time off. I think was beneficial to everybody. There are there are panels in there of Dakota North and of Foggy Nelson that are mm. just beautiful. Who's popping right, the cool. bubble wrap? Somebody somebody sounds like they're popping bubble wrap. They're going to get a slap. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know I. I I love Daredevil, but I'm really kind of glad that that Rucka's hopping on board with Brubaker because I think that book needs a little bit of a of a charge right now. It, it's it's good. It's always been good, but I, I really feel like it needs uh, a shot in the arm right now. So hopefully that's gonna that's gonna do the trick. Um, have you guys seen this, um, the Marvel Comics Presents that's coming out this week? Mm-hmm. No. It's, oh. David, you probably know the story more than the thing. I just thought it's a bunch of... Is it an anthology that's coming out? It's it's the same type of, of comic it always was. It's four stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is usually a done-in-one every, every, uh, every month, because it used to be bi-weekly. Um, but this volume has been monthly. The first story uh, is a Mark Guggenheim written tale. The second story is uh, this month is part two of a Machine Man uh, tale. This, Ivan uh, Brandon is writing that, right? Is writing the Machine Man with yeah. gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, Nico Henriksen uh, artwork. Does he only write robots? It, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you haven't read NYC Mac uh, and the the absolutely awesome twenty four seven anthologies, yeah. so, aren't those awesome, Vince? Fantastic. Yeah. Blown yeah. away. Blown away, but well, can we get back to Daredevil for one second, and then we'll talk mm-hmm. about the Marvel Comics presents? Do you subscribe to Wet Rat's interpretation of the title? Uh, he just recently posted something on our uh, forum where he considers uh, Daredevil a bit too gloomy. It's a bit too. When has he, the sun he, ever shined in Daredevil? But that's the thing. Yeah. That, that's yeah. exactly what he was talking about. It's a very depressing book. Well, you sure. just realize that now, though. I mean, I love Stewart, but I mean, you're just—I mean, that—that—that that, that seems like something weird to come down on that title about. It wasn't—it wasn't bright and sunny when Ben. It, it wasn't bright and sunny before Miller was writing it, but then you had even after Miller, you had mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, you had Bendis. 
You know, when is when when has it ever been a cheerful book? But so can there be no joy in Matt Murdock's life? Not even no, for a no. little while. Well, just don't no, be his girlfriend. You can no, there yeah. there can't be because yeah. at at his at his at the core of that character, Matt Murdock, while he is a hero, while he's valiant and usually does the right things, he's a very selfish character, and because of that, he's never going to be happy. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if you're going to be true to the character, mm-hmm. which we always go back to, you know, they always want to stay to the roots of a character. He's always been a guy that's kind of been empowered by his uh, depression, you know, by his mm-hmm. self-loathing and his self-pity. So I don't know that you can really change that. You can change it temporarily to make the impact of the next fall that much more um, impactful. But I think at the end of the day, he's been this way for what? 40 years now? So. Way, to, way to go, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so Matt Murdock can never grab the brass ring. And, well, and, there, there, and if he does, he'll, that's it. it'll probably... End of s- days. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there, there's one page, and, and, I, and I think David has mentioned it before, and it's the last page in Born Again that Mazza Kelly did yep. where, he and, where he and Karen Page are walking down the street and they're truly happy. And, and that's, that, that's like the only, the only page... It, I've ever seen Matt Murdock like smile, like really with a joyful smile. Yeah, and he's, he's not right. he's not meant to be happy. I'm you know sorry guys, he's he's a conflicted hero. He's not supposed to be happy. And, and you know what? Jay Ferber told me this whenever I talked to him way back. Happy characters are boring characters. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Well, so Peter Parker's not boring. He's he, usually he's not happy. I don't buy into that. I mean. Invincible is not boring, and he's happy for the most part. Yeah, uh, are, are they are they are they happy, or are they do they use that as as a shell of protection? I don't consider Peter Parker a happy character. I consider him as using humor as a shell, and I also consider that you know I, I look at that character, and he's he's always you know struggling for you know for money or for you know respect from from the heroing community or for acceptance from the the people in New York. I, I never see Peter Parker as as a happy character. I always see him in some sort of conflict. So you think the wisecracks are self-induced therapy sessions in a way? Yeah, yeah, and I think he even admits to that in a lot mm-hmm. of comics. He's like, yeah. I mean, the you know. classic Tony Stark version is happy. I mean, the guy we just saw in the movie and everybody loved is happy. Well, yeah, were, when, when is Tony Stark at the best? When he's a drunk. True, like Alice mm-hmm. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Alice Cooper was far better in the bottle than he was when he crawled out. Mm-hmm. So, well, that has nothing to do with Tony Stark, but anyway. Uh, but, I mean, if you were tapping Gwyneth Paltrow, you'd be pretty giddy, too, I think. <laughs> I know I would be. Yeah, but it ruined Coldplay. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I think they were ruined before. So, poor Matt Murdock. I don't know. I, I, I like that little, even, even the hint of a, there may be a light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't know. Maybe it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's always a train, though. Yeah, that's very true. You know, but the no, I, I I see I see where I see where Stewart's coming from. That I it it is it is a downer. I would like you know like just one issue where maybe the guy is like happy. You know, I can mm-hmm. deal with that. So I think yeah. yeah, I think that was part of my 
chunk chunk i think that was part of the reason why i disliked the ending of infinite crisis so much was because you had prime who was a total badass and john's never gave him that chance for redemption and that's what pissed me off i i i, I like that slim however fleeting chance that this nasty son of a bitch may turn and realize that what he's doing is just plain wrong i i I like that that little twinkle but it wasn't there and then maybe that's the same thing as as Stuart feels with daredevil there's just no there's no hope it's it's bleak it's very you saw him as a badass prime yeah I he's would a, call a murderer badass. I, yeah. Oh, I, I would call him a whiny crybaby bitch. It was yeah. He, he's, he's, a, he's a whiny crybaby bitch that can move planets. Right. He he has some. He has a lot of personality issues, but at his core, he's a murderer. Yeah. And and that that I qualify that as a badass. Yeah. God. I mean, if you're going to punch a titan and take his head off, I mean, or dude, arms he, or he, pun- he punched a hole through through like time and space. I mean, that's true. You're right, right then and there. Yeah, right. He's about as badass as a Ferengi. All right, you're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, what do you have? Uh, actually, well, we can't talk about the new comics because they're not out till tomorrow. I, um, the Would, do you want to talk a little bit more about that Marvel Comics presents? We kind of well, Trunc- Chris, truncated that a little bit. No, but Chris definitely he, he he he. I didn't even realize it while I when I read that that second part of that story that I knew Ivan Brandon wrote it and it was cool, but I didn't it didn't even dawn on me that yeah wow it's it's another robot and it's an Ivan Brandon story. story. But I mean, but the Nico art is great. Um, I just I'm I'm a fan of of those types of books anyway. You know, you just cram a bunch of of stories that are either inventory stories. I mean, Marvel Fanfare was great at doing that. And I agree. Comics Presents, I don't think gets gets enough love, but it's not, um, there really aren't any major story. I mean, there's a Hulk story in, in this week's issue, but you know, you don't have, it's not going to have a Wolverine story in or Wolverine serial in every issue or, it's it's a different type of animal than it was initially. But, but Marvel mm-hmm. Comics presents. I mean, the Omega Flight story apparently is going to be collected when it's completed. I'm not a fan of it. Um, but is I wasn't anybody a fan, fan of Omega it. Flight. I, well, yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan of Omega Flight at, at all. Anyway, um, I did like Scott Collins' art. That makes really? Sense. On the mini? Yeah. 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 I thought it was really sharp. I haven't, uh, liked, I haven't liked Scott Cohen since he worked on Flash. I was just going to say that. He no, he did have a couple of uh, his his early issues. I think of Marvel Team Up weren't bad, but he does seem to have a tighter net. His art seems to be a little tighter, a little cleaner when he's on DC books. Hmm. Kind of like the whole Shaken Complex when between Marvel and DC. You know, is that is that kind of a house style thing? Do you, do you think that that still is prevalent with artists that they try and adopt a house style? I mean, we felt that certainly in the in the sixties, seventies, and probably in, even into the eighties a little bit. But do you still think that that's a part of the industry at all? Mm-hmm. I, I well, considering where artists are getting reference material from and how obvious it is. I don't think the house style really exists anymore. You think it's, well, a, it's I don't know about of, that. Yeah. 
I think there I, are guys I, like but, like Norton who self you know he self admittedly you know tries to tweak his style to fit a book uh, well, particularly right. mm-hmm. he, yeah, he issues and then transitions someone, to a. If someone, I feel that more. Sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead. I, I I feel that more at DC than I do at Marvel. I feel like there's more of a house style at DC where mm-hmm. I can I open up a DC book and regardless of who is on the page, I know it's a DC book. You know, I right. feel like what? you know guys like Don Kramer and 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 Mike. I, I think fit that DC art feel, and I don't know if it's more of a feel or if it's a house style. I don't know the proper way to term it. Anymore. I think part of that, Chris, is because. We're coming off of a hundred and what four weeks of weekly comics with re- revolving artists, and so almost mm-hmm. by mandate, a lot of these guys have been, I think, trying to as best as they can fit a certain look. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the DC style. One of the the trademarks of the DC style is a higher panel count than Marvel. Think about it. Mm-hmm. You, you, that. you have a widescreen sensibility at Marvel, where in Whereas in DC, like in books like Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, uh, what I've seen of Titans, the Batman R.I.P. stuff, where they do have their tendency to lapse into those big ass double page spreads, you get there, there's a lot more. I don't want to say there's more storytelling, but there's more imagery right. per page in a DC book than there is in a Marvel book. Which isn't saying one is better than the other. They're two perfectly valid ways of telling a story. DC just seems to like to cram the pages with um, <clears throat> panels, especially when Mr. Perez is working on it. So. Sure, sure. Do, Vince, do you, do you think, think that's a, D- a DC mandate, though? Or do you think it's just... Well, I, I just think it's a groove they've gotten mm-hmm. themselves into. I don't think, you know, the editorial says, come on, there's only three panels on this page. You know, it's right. it's probably something that... It's, I'll tell you, it's probably easier to tell a story with more panels. Mm-hmm. If If I were an artist, though, I, I would have... I would almost feel obligated to myself to throw a splash page or two in a book because that's going to make me a lot more money in the original <laughs> art market. See, okay, now that no, is... I know you're laughing, no, but it's true. No, dude, I, mean, dude but, I, I had this conversation earlier this week with, uh, with somebody, and uh, we were talking about 90s image comics, and mm-hmm. one of the downfalls of those books is that they're all fucking splash pages, and yeah. it finally clicked with me. It's like, those motherfuckers were selling those pages. No wonder they were all splash pages. Well, I mean, take a look at even Secret Invasion 2, right? I mean, I think the first four pages are two splash pages by Lionel Yu, right? Mm-hmm. So those pages, I think, are he's asking for, if, if I'm not, I could be mistaken, but I think I saw online that he's asking for 10 or 15 grand a page. Oh. Now, he'll probably get that, okay? So let's say he gets that, or maybe he's already got that. Now, for a regular page in that book, uh, you know, he, you know, even on a name a name creator on a big time book, I mean, maybe he'll get what six hundred bucks a page, which is still good money. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of artists would take it, but compare that, you know, for basically two pages worth of work, he's increasing his, you know, financial return five to tenfold. So, yeah. you know, if I'm an artist and I'm slogging away on twenty two pages a month, as long as it doesn't really screw up the story and I'm not getting pushback on it, I'm doing at least one splash page a book. That may have been settled with the writer beforehand too. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm. I'm sure um, writers are aware of what these things uh, garner on the uh, original art market. So, eh, you never know. It could be a little meeting. You know, give me three s- splashes in this book, and I'll kick you back four hundred bucks. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I would know. think that's not that's not being a uh, that's not doing any service to the story. 
maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I, I, I when I see a big old splash page, uh, number one, I don't linger on it as much as I should because I'm there to read the story. And once I get the information in, I move on to the next page. Maybe I'll go back and look at it if it's something particularly well rendered. But for the most part, splash pages are wasted on me. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes sometimes it's a page that you're just like, oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah, but most of the time it's you know I almost feel desensitized to it, and I think a lot of it is because of that '90s kind of you know overflow of of splash pages. It's like they don't they don't mean as much to me as as they used to, and right. so you know so. Yeah, and I, th- I think most of the pleasure I derived from Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb Superman was that, gosh, golly, that's a nice page. And then I'd move on and w- there was very little story. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny that those pages were really sharp. It's just you said you said Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee, Superman. Yes. You mean Batman or the Azarello, Jim Lee, Superman? Oh, I'm sorry. Azarello. Right. Jim mm-hmm. Lee. You're right. 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 Yes. Why did I say Jeff Loeb? Because of Hush, uh, maybe? Hush. I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. Thank you for correcting me. You're right. Yeah, it was Azarello. Hopefully that the artists are planning their uh, layouts accordingly <laughs> and not, not just doing it to make money. But, I mean, if they are, that's, you know, you know membership, I, I, membership I, I, does have its privileges. So. I think there's a little bit of both. I think I think that, first of all, people are trying to tell good stories. They're trying to put out good product. But, I mean, there is a very... You know, a, very much a secondary market out there when those when those pages are done. So you know, I don't think they're sacrificing story for it. But yeah, you know, when the opportunity is there to do a really nice um, splash page, you know, heck yeah. Hey, gentlemen, this is Chris Chavez, Equinox on the forums, and it is officially like the middle of the night on uh, gosh Monday evening. I can't remember what the freaking day it is or what have you. But anyway, uh, just wanted to uh, give a couple uh, shout-outs. Supposedly, I guess, on today, Tuesday, what, the 20th or something like that? Hell, I don't know. Again, supposed to be Mike Norton's birthday, so uh, happy birthday to the big guy. Uh, Just hope you don't get any uh, baby-shaped cakes uh, on your birthday. Have a good one. Um, Shout-out to everybody who is dropping uh, Millar and um, uh, Hitch's Fantastic Four. God, I, I really was looking forward to that book, but it's it's just kind of you know melted into an unintelligible uh, uh, read right now. I just am really not enjoying it, and I'm I'm much happier now that I'm dropping the book. Uh, one of the books that I am happy that I did get recently, though, was uh, the recent trade uh, that I had ordered uh, for uh, Thor with um, Straczynski and uh, Koipiel. Uh, great, great book. Um, I'm still you know, happy I got it in the trade. I, I really prefer uh, reading it in a collected format as opposed to waiting for the individual issues, um, but I definitely will be picking up the future trades uh, from this series uh, if they're, you know, same quality and um and I, I enjoy them so anyway um you know what keep up the great work you guys uh good to hear jason uh, along with everybody else gotta get gotta get neesman out there on the forums at, at least a post or two here uh, i know he's pretty busy with the ac forums and all um but uh if you're running the show I'd like to see you out there as well uh, shout out to 
um, everybody that's hitting the forums right now, joining up, all the uh, Bullpen Bolton uh, listeners from the past. Uh, great to have everybody back together. It's uh, a lot of fun out there, and uh, keep up the great work. Anyway, night all. Peace out. One artist who uses the splash pages very well is Alan Davis. I'll give it up for, uh, for, for Mr. Davis. My boy. That that man could tell a story in in 10 panels or 100 panels. He's equally well. He he's one of the there's a reason why he's a master and like his um Fantastic Four the end. There was a lot of wide panels in that, a lot of full pages and I it was not a detriment to the story in any way. So there you go. He is number one. I don't know about number one, but he's up there. Really? Yeah. He's your favorite artist? Mm, Absolutely, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of the old Captain Britain stuff, for sure. Hell yeah. He sure can draw the women. Speaking of women... Oh. uh, Yeah, how about that for a segue? I'm going to (laughs) get on to my book of the week. And it's not a comic book, although... The roots oh boy, are here we n- go. No, the roots are there. This is very much rooted in the comic aesthetic. It's published by Tashin. It's called Men's Adventure Magazines. Written yeah. uh, Men's Adventure Magazines in Post-War America, written by Max Allen Collins. We oh, know that okay. name. Okay, yes. there you go. Mr. Road to Perdition also mm-hmm. writes Dick. a monthly column for Asian Dick Pulse. Tracy, baby. Dick Tracy. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. Dick Tracy, Wild Dog. Yep. Writes a monthly column for Asian cult cinema, which is really good if, you, if you're into the Asian films. Um, all the, it's just a plethora, hundreds and hundreds of covers from men's adventure magazines, all of which were shot from the Rich Oberg collection. And uh, Mr. Collins had help from George Hagenauer writing it. And there's an essay in here by Stephen Heller. But the words in this book, unfortunately, are are secondary to the images. Once you open the cover on this baby and you see the the first illustration, you are going to be hooked. It is, this stuff is lurid, lascivious, lewd. Give me another L, lustful. It's it's faux lowbrow art. But it's and there's a reason why I say faux lowbrow. I'll get to that later. Just page after page of half-naked, buxom babes, as, as gorgeous as any painted by Gil Elvgren. They're mauled, raped, bound, beaten, bruised. <laughs> oh, it's just drugged, dr- harassed, hanged. Give me some more. Humiliated, but thankfully. There's just as many covers where the women have gotten the one-up on their oppressors. There's, there's uh, covers where half-naked women are leading soldiers through war-torn Russia. And, and naturally, there's two things that every one of these covers feature prominently. It's sex and violence. There's a, a, a train with a Nazi symbol on it pummeling over a hill and just three babes with their shirts ripped open with machine guns in their hands. These covers are amazing. I cannot stress how good this book is, but I'm, I'm going to try. It, have you ever heard the, the, the song by the Cramps, Bikini Girls and, with Machine Guns? Anybody? No. This, this is where it all began. Just really? ama- um, Oh, it's just so good. I think these guys are the unsung heroes of illustration. They really are. You, you had Norman Walkwell 
over at uh, Saturday Evening Post, you know, lighten the fire under all the squares and the real <laughs> cutting edge um, revolutionary work was being done on these pulps by up, uh, just an amazing assemblage of artists, some of whom you've heard before. Um, there's the awesome Norm Eastman. Uh, George Gross is featured. Vic Prezio, remember that name. You do a search for Vic Prezio, you will see. This guy was an illustrator par excellence. And I don't <laughs> want to get into the into the French. But uh, Mort Kunstler, Norman Saunders, who's amazing, Clarence Doré, but Basil Gogos, does that name ring any bells? Did he do New Avengers? No, Basil Gogos oh. was the cover artist for Famous Monsters of Filmland. You, you you can't have not seen a Basil Gogos image. The, okay. the the guy is he's he's as influential as Kirby in some areas. Uh Raphael DeSoto, Sid Shores, you know that name? Mm -hmm. Sure. Captain America. Mm -hmm. And there's even a bunch of illustrations in here by Earl Norum from Savage Sword of Conan. So he's been in the business qu quite a while. Um the the cover by Will Ho uh Hughesley, I think it's pronounced, is, is worth the price of this book all by itself. There's a guy swimming for his life. In the foreground, there's a mass of red snakes just screaming towards his head. In the background is his boat, and it looks like it's impossibly far away. The water's all blood red, so he, he pulls the image together with the red in the back, the red in the foreground, and the look on this guy's face is just incredible. All right, I'm at Amazon. What's the name of this book? And I'm Now wait a minute. Wait mm -hmm. a minute. Wait a minute. You're it's even going to get better. Now, Tashin Books, if anybody mm -hmm. has has uh, seen their their stuff, they're probably one of the top publishers in the world. Spare no expense on their books. The production values are incredible. Thick, glossy paper. They have this uh flexi cover format where they'll coat the covers with a thick layer of plastic so you can't bend the shit out of them, you know. Uh their hard covers are durable. Um but and then, like I said, this stuff is rooted in the comics because Benedict Tashin was a rare book collector and a comic collector. And in nineteen eighty he opened up his first store which led to him publishing his own line of books. But this book was originally released as a 7x7x10 seven seven inch 512 page flexi cover edition for $39.99. But Tashin has wisely initiated a, a uh, promotion for their 25th anniversary where Benedict will look at his uh, roster of books, pick the ones that are seemingly sell the best, and repackage them under this Tashin 25 series. So this book, a six by six, eight and a half inch, 352 page hardcover, retails for $14.99. Full really? color, every page is full color. Just brilliant, screaming color. $14.99, Amazon has it for 10 bucks and change. How could you say no to this? Once you look at the first pa uh, painting, you're going to be hooked. Listen to the names of the chapters. Now, it's a, it, it's a tri-language. It's uh, English, German, and French. First chapter is called Blood, Sweat, and Tits. 
Come on. <laughs> a History of Men's Adventure magazines. Chapter Chapter 1. Weasels ripped my flesh. You throw a Zappa reference in like that? I'm hooked. <laughs> chapter 2. The wild rampage of the sex-crazed pirate women. Chapter 3. I watched the fire dance of human sacrifice, which as you would expect, it's all jungle-based uh paintings where scantily clad women are being attacked by natives or animals just amazing stuff chapter four we shot our way out that's the war covers and chapter six soft flesh for the reds house of a thousand agonies is this the book of the year or what <laughs> but so the, the, the thing that is the most appealing of this it's it's somewhat um What's the word I'm looking for? It, this stuff is rooted in the lowbrow. Obviously, these guys were paid to appeal to you know John Q. Public, the everyman, and and like I said, most of this stuff is lowbrow. There's with the half naked women and the 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 rape and the peril and just the adventure theme. But these guys painted way above the heads of their target audience. There's there's impressionism, expressionism in these paintings. Some of these guys could do realism like nobody's business and then switch it up and do a painting with uh you know impressionistic tendencies that would be that would sell the magazine number one. That's what it was designed to do. But when you look at it, it is as good as anything you'll see today. Like Alex Ross, he's very good, but he's got nothing on these guys. It's this this stuff. Am I? Do I seem excited? Because I am. You're giddy. I, I am. I can't tell you how beautiful this book is. I mean, let's. I'm just gonna open any page, any page, and you got a pirate holding a woman. Her shirt's ripped open, and it it, it it's yeah, it's pop culture. But this is freaking art man the, it it's a a one stop primer for anyone interested in illustration on how to do it right anatomy perspective image composition use of color painting techniques it's just incredible it's incredible so, vince this is men's adventure magazines in post war america you betcha nice ta- it's 1050 yeah it's hardcover for 1050 Glossy paper, lots of text, history. This is your comic book history right here because, you know, the pulps have one foot in the comics and and, oh, yeah. and, and vice versa. Now, did you order the companion volume? The what It's a Man's the, World Men's Adventures magazine's The Post-War Pulps? Yes. I did get a bunch today from Amazon, but that wasn't with it. But that's on that's on order. So... All right, well done, my friend. Tashin's my, my – I love Tashin. Real men. Some of the, the titles on these things, too. The new-looking prostitution. I fought the Kenya man-eater. And there's a gorilla, a huge freaking silverback gorilla. And most of these guys have the James Dean look to them because that was, that was the archetype back then, was, was the James Dean look. And the women are just stunning. Get it. Uh, you, you have guys like Mort – uh, Kunstler who could do impressionism. Then there's guys like Maurice Thomas and Tom Beecham who did expressionism. Get it. Just buy it. I'm not going to waste any, well, not waste time, but I won't spend any more time on this because you guys got to talk. But wow. <laughs> well, who Just, wants to talk to comics now that we're looking at beautifully painted women? Go to Tashin, www.tashin.com. You can see um, a little uh, sampling of the art in this book. One look and you'll be sunk. It, you, just buy it. Yeah, just buy it. It's good. It's great. How's that? 
I'm sold. Well done. That's my book for the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna be nestled, snuggled up with this book for weeks to come. Every painting more magnificent than the one before it. Fantastic. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> but I mean, there there's a comics connection. Max Allen Collins. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking, you know, Alan Davis a little earlier, and huge Alan Davis fan, which got me thinking about, you know, folks that have worked with Alan Moore. And one of my favorite books that has been coming out lately, which is all about what I read as a kid, have you guys been picking up the Doctor Who classics that IDW is putting out? That's the Dave Gibbons book, right? It's all Dave Gibbons art. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't know that really. Yeah, this is all this is all the stuff that uh, that he was doing uh, for Doctor Who Weekly, and this was like back uh, late late seventies, and uh, just just awesome stuff. There might even be some Alan Moore written ones that'll that'll pop up later, but um, these are cool because they're all like four page stories that would be in Doctor Who Weekly, and it would continue each week, and um, and so it's uh, for like each story, it's. It's like six four-page stories, and that makes up a complete story. Um, but yeah, Gibbons art. It is if you're a Watchmen fan, definitely check out the Doctor Who classics. They're a little pricey though; they're three ninety-nine yeah. an issue. But the recoloring mm-hmm. on them, if you had read the old Doctor Who weeklies or the reprints that Marvel did back in the what late eighties, I think they were reprinting these. Um, the recoloring on these are outstanding. So well worth it uh, if you're a Dave Gibbons fan or Doctor Who fan. Yeah, I have. I'm both. I have mm-hmm. some of those originals. They're this is pretty brilliant stuff. Oh yeah, and the re- have you seen the recoloring that IDW mm-hmm. is doing? Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous, Absolutely painstaking. Gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I wish nice I could show. say the same of the, about the new adventures of Doctor Who. Not too crazy about the way that book looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm it's you. not bad. It's just not my cuppa. So, yeah, but, yeah Doctor Who. Yeah, Do- Doctor Who's not my cuppa. I have to say, I don't. I don't. Uh, the I show. Just, yeah, I'm not 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 just not into Doctor Who in any any real shape or form. Oh, we have to change that. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, it seems like a, it seems like it's uh, impossible to actually call yourself a geek and not like Doctor Who these days. But I, I, I never really got into it. I, I'm always been a fan, but I can understand uh, um, not being a fan of like uh, bad seventies BBC special effects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's to be honest with you, a lot of people to get over. Yeah, as a kid, I remember seeing, I guess, the seventies show. And the guy had the weird curly hair, and the effects were terrible, and that music freaked me out. I used to think that music was pretty, pretty <laughs> See, freaky. All and the bad, just, uh, all the bad special effects were balanced by the caliber of the actors. You had John Pertwee, Tom oh. Baker; those guys are legends. And oh, Patrick Troughton. Patrick Troughton, yeah. um, Peter Cushing, way, way, way back. Mm. Eric um, Roberts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Davidson, who's a yep. damn, damn fine actor. Um, Colin Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I just I love Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Who is your favorite companion? Oh, um, I was like Tegan. I always had a little crush on Tegan. Oh yeah. Um, that, that that the stewardess, of course. Um, you know, um, the the real like the uber geek in me, always a canine fan. Yep. Yeah. Always, me too. always love the dog. 
Mary Tam was always my favorite. Romana. I don't know why. Whenever Ooh. we were talking to Paul Cornell, who has written mm-hmm. Doctor Who stories, and when I told him my favorite was Mary Tam, he was like, "Oh, so so sorry." Is that, <laughs> like, was that the was that the the brunette or the blonde Romana? The the brunette Romana with oh the, she was hot dude oh you're not kidding <laughs> with, with with the little uh, fringe around the the collar with the oh man mm-hmm. yeah that that and, whole key, the key to time series that they did yep. they're I mean classic I'm embedded in my mind and uh, yeah and when Romana regenerated that yeah huge moment Wood <laughs> has absolutely no fucking idea what we're talking about but. this is the uh, the wood silent episode <laughs> <laughs> and don't, yeah, we, don't forget billy piper mm. uh, yeah. well, speaking yeah. of paul cornell yes actually i read two paul cornell comics today excellent captain britain right that was one of them mm-hmm. cool which what i else? know we talked a little, and uh young avengers presents the vision oh which is oh, number the four that's six what's that the Mark Brooks artwork. Uh, you know, I've I, I've never minded Mark Brooks, but this issue is a little bit sketchy. Okay, that was a little sketchy. I mean, it was fine. It, I mean, I it didn't. It, I, I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. It didn't bother me. But uh, you know, those stories have been. You know, I I love the Young Avengers, and I just wish Heinberg would have the time to just you know write another nice long run of it. But I guess for now, I we, would like I would like Marvel to decide that. Someone else could write the Young Avengers. Well, that's true. Well, we have that Young Avengers Runaways thing that's coming out what next month. It's a, a Secret Invasion tie-in. So I, I mean, I, 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 I Pat's going to hate me. I don't want to hate here. I think they're kind of <laughs> dropping the ball on a little bit. They had something with the Young Avengers. It was the first time. Well, I mean, well, Runaway Runaways is another young team that. I think was fresh and new and exciting. And so was young Avengers. It's like, Mm -hmm. come on, you, you can find someone to write this book and write it. Well, why is, why are they doing this? Why is it only Heimberg that can write these characters? It's a fair point. I mean, but I guess focusing on, uh, on the positive of the, of the experience, uh, Leonard Kirk, Mm -hmm. who, 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 uh, penciled the captain Britain issue. My God, that guy is, he's coming into his own. He, that was a beautiful looking issue. Whew. I, I mean, I know you, I, I was pretty giddy to read that one because you guys had some nice things to say about it last week. But uh, and the story was, was was quite entertaining. Despite I, I know Vince would have probably had a uh, a uh, cardiac Seizure? auction if you read it because there was a <laughs> uh, there was a uh, uh, there was let's see there was an iron tin clad scroll <laughs> with with wasp's wings. <laughs> They're all, but, but all drawn wonderfully. Yeah, Absolutely. sure. <laughs> there was a, let's see, a monster, a Marvel Monster Squad scroll. Ah, <laughs> oh, stop. Stop right there. <laughs> but, uh, no, I enjoyed the issue a lot. And uh, and you're right. I mean, Paul Cornell, this is an ongoing, which I, I had gotten the impression it was a mini for Secret Invasion, but it looks like it's an ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, Leonard Kirk's he's taking care of his business. So props to him. Cool. Good. Yeah, and I and I love Captain Britain, so yeah, I hope that I hope that has a nice a nice long run on it. So. No, when did Spitfire become a vampire? Has she always been a vampire? Huh? Really? Did you read Captain Britain? You read it, right? Yeah. Wait, uh, Spit, I... Spitfire is a vampire. You didn't gather that from the book. 
I didn't oh, I, I must have been confused with all the scrolliness. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she she uh, she's fighting the scrolls, and she says, "I'm this is not who I am, but that's who I have to be right now." And she oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember that. You, and, yeah, I had and, a. Is that tied into some Union Jack stuff because he's a vampire hunter? And did I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm Didn't Paul Cornell write a Union Jack mini a year or two ago? No, that was Christos Gage. That was yeah, that was Gage. That uh, was Mike I didn't Perkins. read it, so okay. I wish I could be as fast as David with the science. I I can't rattle the names off that fast. David is damn good. Props That's to good. David. He should host a Marvel <laughs> podcast. He'd be very good. You know, one would listen to it though. But anyway, <laughs> well, if your name was Vince or Wet Rat, sure. <laughs> you know, getting back to Young Avengers, I think. As much as Alan Heinberg contributed to that book, I think another measure of that title's amazing oh. success is the art. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. J- yeah, Jim Chung, forget Oh, good <sighs> God. That that boy has gone from zero to 60 in like, what, two seconds? From from doing Scion, not in exactly in the trenches, but not at a, at a company selling tons of books mm-hmm. and and then just to be pulled out of there and dropped on Mar- in Marvel's lap and produce this stunning stellar work just I got the same vibe from seeing Jim Chung's Young Avengers as I did the first time I saw Art Adams on Longshot mm-hmm. that is saying a lot it really is dude yeah. he's also a super nice guy very very he's nice like guy. 12 Jim Chung <laughs> seen him yeah he's like Oh, yeah, he's a little little Asian, little Asian guy, British accent, freaking out. But he's awesome. Yeah, fantastic uh, talent, amazing. I would lock him down for years and years and years if I was uh, CEO or editorial. Isn't he one of the Young Guns? He better be. Not this, or he was one of that first version batch. of the Young Guns. Yeah, I think so. I think the first batch around here. Which is funny that they call them Young Guns because half the guys are <laughs> middle aged practically. The, uh, and it's not like they produce more than five books a year anyway. So the... Um, Ooh. Wow. the a little Marvel dig for Mr. Marvel Noise. That's okay. Got to mix it up. But no, I'm serious. I, I'm not a fan of, of oh, I, I just got done doing four issues. I need, I, I, where's my fill-in artist? I, we're not going to get into that here, but I, that, that's something that I've never been been shy to talk about. The... Mm-hmm. Um, the I don't think the Spitfire as a Vampire was touched on in it wasn't touched on in the recent Union Jack mini, but uh Contessa appeared in there. So it'll be interesting to see if they bridge the Union Jack mini with Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know when uh the Fontaine was taken over or, or was turned into a became was shown as a scroll. Um So she is against the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Who? Okay. Spitfire? Spitfire, yes. Yes. Yeah, she's okay. on the team with Captain Britain. She's on the emergency ah, team with Captain Britain, oh, good, good. Jack, uh, with Pete Wisdom, and cool. uh, and Skrull John. Excellent. Because there you go. She, I, I, she... I, went, I went to the intranets and, uh, oh. and, and our friend uh, Wikipedia. She originally received her super speed through a blood oh, transfusion right. from the original right. Human mm-hmm. Torch after being bitten by Baron Blood. She took the name Spitfire and has joined the invaders for a time. And then it uh, goes on to explain that uh, the events of uh, of Captain Britain MI13 um, suggest that she may be displaying vampire traits from the 
bite from barren blood. So okay. Ah, this is something well, that they're just touching on now. So yeah, I was going to say that that's just a little bit of a retcon, right? Because I know that, I mean, she was always, she, she was, I mean, the whole barren blood transfusion thing was always the case, but, but I don't think. Yeah. I'd never heard the vampire. Yeah. In the seventies and Vader issues, I don't think she was ever using vampire like powers, but it makes sense though. It's a good retcon because mm-hmm. it, at least it's logical. It's exciting, yeah. You know, it's a good thing she's not working with the Skrulls, because then they'd have her in a shirt, you know, because the Skrulls are telegraphing their powers. They'd have her in a shirt that says, you can kill me with a stake through the heart, water, sunlight, or, you know, I can't sleep in my native soil. So that's the way to get me. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just sorry. So I have a question for you guys. Uh Uh, Speaking of runaways. I'm pretty excited that uh, it's coming back and Terry Moore is writing it. But I also love Terry Moore's artwork. And Terry's not doing the art on this. He's just doing the writing. Yeah, don't matter because the man is doing the artwork. Well, I was going to say, Umberto Ramos is doing the art. So Ramos is a pretty polarizing guy. I mean, I think some people love him, but he's very stylized. Some people can't stand him. So where do you guys stand on that? I mean, do you think he's a good fit for Runaways? I think Umberto is fucking awesome and runaways is going to be fantastic with him on it but that's just my opinion yeah i think i think you're right i'm not a huge fan of mr moore really now i do admit that the guy has a tendency to write some very believable female characters as we all know if you've ever read a, a an issue of strangers in paradise but i quickly burned out on his writing style not to say he's bad he's not mm-hmm. i just don't i just don't dig it and uh but with umberto ramos on the title i don't know that may compel me to pick up the book you know what it, umberto it, does that a lot of other artists don't do he draws kids that look like kids you're, you're right. not you're mm-hmm. not going to see you're not going to see the runaways looking like 26 year old swimsuit models they're going to look like, like kids he won't look mm-hmm. like the Craig Land pixie yes exactly exactly <laughs> which is ridiculous which, which um no nah, I wouldn't even say it but yeah. uh, well I know he's I mean Scotty's your former co-host uh Scotty Young created pixie and and you know it would it would be it would be in bad taste for me to say that he might be upset that some of the some of the characters that he became very attached to don't look like they're right. you know preteen and teenagers anymore. So. Right, right. I mean, I love some cheesecakey art. Don't get me wrong. So I mean, really, Greg Land can draw some 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 beautiful women, or at least superimpose pictures of beautiful women. But I mean, last time I checked, we just got down the story where Pixie was supposed to be the youngest known mutant. Right, she was like barely thirteen, and hence the name. She was, she looked like a little pixie, and that free comic book day book. She looked like Jean Grey with wings. I mean, sexy as could be. So, yeah. give Agatha Harkness a run for her money. I don't want to say it's a problem in comics, but you know, it's kind of a problem in comics. It's like you know, X twenty three. What, like fourteen? Um, that book was hot, though. Yeah, come on. I mean, they're doing it with Wayne Miller. You know, repeatedly, it's like, how old is Layla Miller supposed to be? It's like, come on, some, at some point, an editor has got to step in and say, you know what, um, maybe not in the best of taste to, you know, sexualize a, a 13-year-old girl. So maybe it's just right. me. I'm bringing, the, I'm bringing the panel down. I'm sorry. I'll stop being Debbie Downer. Vince, David, I knew it wouldn't be too long before you guys were back in the saddle together. Uh, so to speak, on a podcast. Uh, 
love the episode so far. Just got done listening to the latest episode, and it's just more brilliance that that I would come to expect from y'all. And uh, we'll definitely keep keep uh, subscribed to this one because anytime you guys get together on anything, it's gold as far as I'm concerned. And 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 Neesman and would they uh, they all add you know great stuff. Also, I think it's a, a great mix you guys got going, and uh, wouldn't change anything about it. Just keep doing what you're doing, guys. We'll see y'all later. Largeness out. But it's something that's very prevalent not only here but in Japan. Some of the Japanese oh. characters are oh. no. I'm I'm not. No, I mean that's that, even yeah yeah, yeah it's terrible there. And it's and terrible. the thing that gets me about some manga is when I can't tell if it's a man or a woman, the, the character, then I start getting a little bit, you know, sp- spun around. Some of those those things I've been reading, I, I'll read into the third and fourth volume, and, and I'll read somewhere that, you know, this one male character is very cool, and it's a male. That's a woman. You know? <laughs> Obviously not. Reason number 412 why I don't read manga. Oh, I love manga. Manga is good? Yeah, oh. I love manga. Some, some some manga is digestible, I'll say. Well, you had, cool stuff. What <laughs> was that? That's that that that's the same with anything else though. It doesn't have to be manga. I mean there there are mm-hmm. a lot of genres that are digestible for for, for the or you, know, you might find something Digestible, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get into a big debate. Uh, but no, I mean, there's at some, least, at least some, you didn't some, just outright say, I can't stand manga, I'm not reading manga. There's, yeah, there, there's some of that I've read. You know, it's, I, Death Note has kept me interested for, you know, four volumes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not running back to the bookshelf to, to finish it up. I will eventually. But, you know, there, there's, you know uh, there's a whole world of manga out there that I haven't sampled. But uh, for the most part, I'm kind of happy with that. There's a whole bunch of comic books that I haven't read. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I, I, I'm kind of happy, happy playing in this sandbox right now, reading yeah. you know, Western-style comics. But, yeah, I'll, I'll try out more manga as it, as it comes around, as it mm-hmm. you know, gets thrown at me. You need to read some uh, Osamu Tezuka. Yes. Uh, give me a title. What? Monster. Buddha. Mon- monster. Monster bored the fuck out of me. That wasn't really? Tezuka, but yeah. I know you're right. I'm sorry. Hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Everyone talks about Monster so much. I don't. Boy, I am just a cranky bastard on this show, aren't I? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For it's a, like for you. A... Um, <laughs> you have to be your your professionally focused, positive cell phone around, so you get to. To yeah. hang out with us and and let yeah. it all hang out here. Which what, what, one is the real Chris Neesman? <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. Well, let me. Do, I'll just say this about manga, and then we can move on. I am I am at my core. I'm a dialogue snob. Whenever it comes to mm-hmm. my comics, I love dialogue. It's it's the number one thing that I focus on whenever I read a comic. And because of the nature of manga and that it is translated work, the dialogue is not up to what my standards are in Western comics. So it is not as appealing to me as some other comics are. So, and I'll leave huh. it at that. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. There you go. Can't get any there better you. than that. So there you go. I think we're at the uh, end of our episode, gentlemen. Oh, we got to leave it on a good note. Not me bitching mm-hmm. about manga. Come on. Okay, okay. well. Say something nice. I like puppies. 
But yeah, no, you're supposed to talk for another twenty minutes, Chris. Cause oh Vince yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got side, I've got sidetrack topics to uh, right. to get this sucker going another another twenty minutes or so. Oh um, man, um, Freaky Tiki is gonna be bitching if we go over an hour. <laughs> Pretty Baby Machine from Image. Ah, Comics. very nice. Check it out. It's uh, um, Josh over iFanboy um, suggested it to me, and it is really good if you want to read a, uh, a story about uh, 19, uh, 1920s era Chicago gangland. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's a pretty baby, mach- pretty baby machine. Uh, the pretty is Pretty Boy Floyd, Baby is Baby, Fels- baby Face Nelson, and Machine is Machine Gun Kelly, and it's a great uh, Chicago uh, gangster um, comic and Cody Chamberlain's art really really good. So there uh, you go. See, I There's... see the connection now. It's the Chicago thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> except I tell you what, I do have a couple problems with it. I think some of the photo referencing little off. They're at a game at Wrigley Field and the marquee out front. Uh, no, there were not whites. The the marquee out front, not not. Uh, not accurate, so I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to double check uh, my my time frame and make sure that the uh, marquee hasn't been uh, been changed. But yeah, I'm a stickler for that. Whenever stuff is supposed to be set in Chicago, if it's wrong, then you know it uh, stands out mm-hmm. like a fart in a car, man. <laughs> I, I have a little bit of positivity. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll kick it in the old Prince style. I waited until all eight issues of Countdown to Mystery were published Ooh, because, yeah. as as we all know, Mr. Gerber has left us mm-hmm. between, I think it was issues seven and eight, or seven was done. Uh, his script for seven was done at the time of his death, so they needed somebody to do eight. I haven't made it that far. I'm about into issue four, and I can, I'm, I'm overjoyed to report that the man had not lost a beat. That... Uh, Dr. Fate story that he did for that is unbelievably good. Not only because it features art by Justiniano, who is, I think, our generation's, well, not our generation, but this generation's um, Bernie Wrightson. He is incredible. (laughs) What? This is where you and I diverge in a huge way. You you do (laughs) not like Justiniano, the guy is a force. Or you don't like Wrightson? Which one is it? No, I like Wrightson plenty. Okay. I like Wrightson plenty. If you like Wrightson, you you'll like Justiniano. The same earmarks are there in in both styles. I the, it, there are very few artists that by name will make me not pick up a book right now of the of the guys that are relatively new to this to the to the to the business. Justiniano, he's. His his name oh, no. keeps me away from books. In fact, his name kept me away from reading that book. I think you're hopeless. You are. You're hopeless. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, the the visuals in this book are stunning. They're just it it takes a real talent to make a cape look good. I'm not talking Todd McFarlane talent. This guy does stuff with panel composition that is just unbelievably. It's like reading House of Mystery in the seventies. It's like the man is trying to draw a page with his pencil and has a coughing fit and just keeps on going. I mean, see, see, I don't think you know what you're looking for. I, I, you I need a trained eye, young man. You, you go put. Maybe he's gotten better, but you look at that creeper series he did. I, I, it's a disgrace. Oh my god! It's, it's a not disgrace. a disgrace. Oh, no, no, my ears are bleeding. I can't <laughs> believe it. This is some gorgeous work, man. I'm t- telling you. Ugh. But anyway, uh, uh, art aside, art aside, the story is 
as incredibly deep as you would expect for, from Steve Gerber. He's not only satisfied to tell the story of Dr. Fate, he raises these questions along the way. Uh, is it right to be controlled by this helmet? Does the helmet have an identity? Do I have an identity? It's this psychodrama built into the superhero tale. So far, I'm on issue four. It is freaking brilliant. It really is. Right. Yeah, and, and the, the backup, um, the Eclipso thing by um, Sturgis with art by Steven Segovia. Mm -hmm. it, talk about a geek out. You have a plastic man gone bad. The creepers in it. Batman makes an appearance. You have the, you know the only thing I didn't particularly care for with the Eclipso backup was they did a little bit of tweaking on the history of the um, character, and the gem has been now said to have been mined on Apocalypse. Hmm. Well, yeah, did, which yeah, is a they, little that's a stretch for me. Isn't that? They did that partially because people were up in arms about uh, uh, Eclipso being tied to Darkseid in Countdown. Right, right, yeah. right. And that, that's why, because right. supposedly he initiated the, the, the gem. Whatever the case, the character is very cool. I like Eclipso. Well, and, just just uh, since I, I, mm -hmm. my last comment was a downer, and I don't want to go out on a downer either because Mr. Loika is probably having a conniption <laughs> right now when he hears this. Um, Sturgis, man, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. He, yeah. Uh, I mean, he really was, you know, I don't, he seemed for a while there to be kind of like, I guess, at the right-hand side of Bill Willingham, um, but he's, the stuff he's doing on his own now, it's good stuff. I mean, I enjoyed Salvation Run, I mean, it, for what it was, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's groundbreaking stuff, but it was entertaining, Just Shadow Pack, comics. very entertaining. What's that? Oh, Just fun comics, man. Yeah, I absolutely. That. Jack of Fables, and, and, House of Mystery. Good House stuff. of Mystery is awesome. Yeah. I can't talk about his uh, Salvation Run stuff because I didn't read it, but the Segovia art that's um, in this Countdown to Mystery is very Lenel Yu-like. Scra scratchy Lenel Yu or not scratchy Lenel Yu? Well-rendered Lenel Yu. Okay, so, ink, okay. ink Lenel Yu. Okay, yeah, yes. and uh, supposedly Segovia is inking his own work here because there's not an inker listed. Mm -hmm. Just hey, his you artist. Know, you know, we were talking about uh, talking about Gerber, and you know, what was it last week? We were talking about uh, uh, the Tomb of Dracula omnibus yes. coming mm -hmm. out, and talking about some of Gene Colan's great stuff. We, we totally forgot to mention that the Howard the Duck omnibus is coming out. Right, right. So yeah. definitely, people will, uh, be aware of that because that is you know a lot of, a lot of <laughs> crap out there. How, 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 how appropriate is it that oh, your microphone go, should? Yeah, yeah. I just went ducky. Yeah, um, but just it fits. Folks, folks out there, look at Howard the Duck. Maybe think of the silly '80s movie and of that series as being just very funny and goofy. Man, it was it was some of the most groundbreaking, socially relevant stuff that was going on in in the 70s and if you have a chance to pick up that omnibus definitely do it it is some great mm -hmm. stuff and i can't wait just like the tomb of dracula stuff i can't yep. wait to see it recolored you're right and it should oversight. be said i think a lot of people all they know of howard the duck is that movie and mm -hmm. i think we need to assure people that maybe only know of that movie that the comic is a trillion times better than that movie. Right, but so. the, the, the Howard the Duck movie, I think, I haven't seen Iron Man, the Howard the Duck movie is the closest approximation to the way the comics are 
That's a hell of a way to say it. The the, the movie it, it, from the the Howard did that comic to the movie. There's very little lost. Mm-hmm. Very little. Like it's not it's not like X Men where they tweaked it and manipulated the things just for the movie going public. I, the, the 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 whole the movie, origin of yeah, Howard but, and the way he is. That's exactly the way he was. Well, that's true. But I did, think the movie didn't have the social relevance of the comic. Yeah, yeah exactly. There was, it was mm-hmm. part of it there. Part of it. I mean, much. how much could I mean, Lucas is pretty much you know, uh, gone when it comes to that kind of stuff. Look at the prequels. But yeah, but as far as adaptation of the source material, it was pretty damn close. Well, that's true. But I think for me, what, I mean, the special effects then were just, it was, it just didn't have the budget and the technology wasn't there. So I think looking at that, you know, again, it's, you know, with comics on, you know, beautifully illustrated comics, you can, you know, you can put them in your own mind and imagine what it would be like Mm -hmm. seeing it in, you know, 1980s low-budget special effects really, to me, made it look more like a Troma Vision movie than you know. Oh, don't you don't start shitting on Troma. <laughs> I'll cut. I'll cut your microphone right off. What, what I think what 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 it's saying is is uh, bad uh, bad 80s special effects or beautiful Gene Cullen art. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Here, how about this for a testament to Howard the Duck? Hypothetical situation: My comic room is on fire. What do I reach for first? You would think he's going for the Kirby Commandies. Mm-hmm. God, I hope not. Uh, I would, oh, no, stop it. No, I, I would definitely save my Howard the Ducks first. They had, they're the comic that had by far the biggest impression on me. That's great. That's, that's, yep. big, uh, that's big props. Far and away. The, oh, and Vince, most- just, just so you don't think that, that all hope is lost for me, I would be meaning to tell you this all week. So, Oh, boy. I'm reading... Um, I'm on the way to New York uh, yesterday, my commute. I'm reading uh, the Ninth Fables trade. Uh-huh. Um, it's the most recent trade, uh, whatever the whatever that the, was. But uh, the, the Good Prince, right? Uh, it's the one with the Christmas issue in it and, okay. and sort okay. of things. Fathers and Sons, I think it is. Okay. And one of the issues drawn by none other than Mr. Michael Allred. No kidding. And I have to tell you, it was beautiful stuff. Wow, there is hope for you after all. So maybe I just don't like all red when he's doing Marvel Mutants. Maybe I need to see some of his oh, other stuff because uh, you I'm should a, dev- I'm, definitely pick up Mad Man Atomic. And Games. I'm gonna, I'm going to back up Vince on this one. Uh, what was that issue three this year? Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Actually, it was 2007, but yeah, it was definitely my comic of the year. Mad okay. Man. Okay. Okay. Well, three. I, yeah, last year. So yeah. I think we came up for the whole Eisner thing, so that it didn't get picked as a as a nominee, and, uh, and I thought that was a shame. Just yeah. uh, just like well, he did. he gets shit shit on all the time. Yeah. Poor Mike Allred. Yeah, yep. he knows he's good. Oh yeah, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. David, you're not quiet, buddy. <laughs> I'm just listening. You know, everybody's got some some negative stuff, but then they follow it up with the. <laughs> With the good, so I mean, I'm I'm enjoying that. I mean, I I have something that I could probably say that I wasn't thrilled about reading, but I don't think anybody really wants to hear that. So we'll just uh, I don't I, I won't yeah I won't I won't I won't drag it out. Well, how about okay. something you were thrilled about reading? Uh, this week, um, hmm. <laughs> you didn't read any Marvel this week, then. Oh wait, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I, I love it. When, I, I haven't heard that they, one yet. 
David gets catty with me on the forum. T- today he had a string of incredibly funny posts. Yeah, very clever. One, one, yeah, really, I was stunned. One right after the other. Boom, he was on boom, fire. Boom, and then I said, then he came out with a dud, and I said, well, there, that's a, that puts an end to the the funny posts. And he goes, oh yeah, so now I'm more like you. Yeah, right. now we have something in common. Yeah, and he gets was those... <laughs> I wasn't being catty. You were the one who was like, oh man, that? dude, I, I have, I, I love the form. I, I love, I, you know, some people want to shit on me. That, that's fine, man. I'm, I'm the one who's. I, I don't want to shit on you. No, I, I can lock fuckers out. I can do whatever I want on that form. So people <laughs> oh, shit on me nice. all they want. That's beautiful. Okay, so tell us something that you have read that you've really enjoyed. It doesn't have to be this week. Ah. Re- recently, within within in memory. It's damn. You know what I? Um, Putting you on the spot, huh? You, no, well, not really. I mean, because it's just there's stuff that I just kind of tear through just because I either want to post about it on on uh, on the Marvel Noise site or I want to talk about it. You know, a lot of it oh. will be Marvel stuff. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy number one I thought was real fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks awesome. Looks and, amazing. And yes, Peltier's art is gorgeous. Um, Let me ask you a question. Did you read Giant Size Hulk that recently came out? Not yet. Okay. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. That was. That had. Um, no, King Size comes out tomorrow, I think. Uh, oh, okay. Giant okay. Size had the. Did it have the Bob Layton Inc. John Byrne story as a backup from the annual? And then the main uh, story, I think, had art by uh, Corey Hampshire. And. Um, and uh, Zach Howard. Wow. See, there he goes, dropping the science. I could never do that. I did, I, I'd be I like do, that one I, guy that draws like, you know. Yeah. I, I have that I have that on, on tap. That That is to be read. I um, I put that towards the bottom of the pile so I could get through some indie stuff because I'm trying to get through some more Noble, noble Clauses stuff. Yeah. And um, You and everybody else. Good Lord. I think that no, Tom... But, Tom and Sal have both just read the entire Noble Causes um, omnibus. And would. And would. And oh, I just would. ordered it. I just ordered it, yeah. And I have stuff, it sitting man. right here. I'm going to get to it real soon. I'm, I'm still hip deep in, in 41st century battles with the Horus Heresy book. It is just amazing. Dan Hamlet. Oh, seriously, read it. With the, uh, with the second miniseries, The Family Secrets. I, it wasn't as good as the first. I, to me, that was that was an image comic book where you had like four huge panels on a page that did absolutely nothing to progress the story. And it was just I, I understand the soap opera aspect, and it's 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 witty, and I like the writing, but it's just it it's not even the art turns me off. It's just the way it's it's presented, and it's to me this this second miniseries, the, the second group of four books were reminded me of what I didn't like about Image when they first started. Right, right. Um, but I, I, I dug out my my Gilgamesh 2s that I want to finish because I don't remember the ending of that story as well as I remember the beginning of that miniseries. So, Gil, Gilgamesh. Oh, Jim Starlin. Yes. And I have those autographed. Would you like one? Yes. <laughs> you know, really, you give me one of your, because I have all three issues autographed. You give me one of your unautographed ones, I'll give you one of my autographed ones. Because what am I going to do with three Jim Starlin autographs in the same series? Uh, save it for Matt Kramer? I don't know. I was uh, going to say, say Matt would know what to do with that. Yeah. yeah. Which is a good series. But we got to bring this home. we got to wrap it up because we're over an hour. We're way over an hour. Well, then I'll just I'll <laughs> yeah, my plan worked again. Week. 
<laughs> yeah, see, right. poor David. Next week, huh? David's going to lead off. Nice. This is bullshit, oh, no, man. we don't want David to lead off. Yes, we do. Lead him off. All right. Gentlemen, say your piece. Uh, oh, boy, don't all talk <laughs> at once. <laughs> you guys are always, as always, are gentlemen and scholars. It was a lot of fun. So I'll, uh, we had a good time. Check you guys Indeed. on the forums uh, yeah. tomorrow. Bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Join Forum. up. Oh, and Chris, uh, all of that hype no, about uh, all of that hype about giving me and Vince a lot of crap on the round uh, wasn't so bad. I didn't <laughs> listen to it yet. I'm gonna. I have it queued up first thing tomorrow morning. Better. I'm yeah, quizzing, well, I'm I'm quizzing you on I it. I, I got Vince, freelance to do, man. I got work to do. Just so you know, Vince. Uh, they ask who Wood is, and uh, Chris proceeds to say uh, that my name is James, hence my introduction. Ah, yeah. Well, you see, you're Woody to him. You're Woody. You're Woody, exactly. When you, got, when you have so much comic knowledge bouncing around your head like Chris, you know, a name from a, a commoner, come on, it's not going to register. <laughs> All right. Ain't, ain't that right. much. You boys have well, hey, well, I, 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 we'll see everybody next week, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What time? Yes, we will. 11 o'clock. All right. Hen- hence the name. Read Witchblade.